The Good Soup Podcast is brought to you by Pilgrim Roasters. Pilgrim Roasters is a roastery and coffee shop located at 4120 Main Street in Manayunk, Philadelphia. Pilgrim Roasters specializes in coffees brought in from all over the world and roasted right there in-house. You can find any of those coffees online at www.pilgrimroasters.com and apply code GOODSOUP10 at checkout to take 10% off your very first order. Now that is a good soup. Good soup. Soup's not a meal. You were supposed to buy me a meal. I'm not stopping you from eating. Go ahead and eat. Get anything you want. Very good. Very good. You know something? No soup for you. Yeah, we both have so much in common. We both love soup. What's up, everybody? Today we're here at the new Good Soup Podcast. My name is Danny. I'm Eric. I'm Matt. I'm Allie. And today we're here with a new double feature with two great movies that you might not expect that have a lot in common. So first we have The Amazing G-Force, released in 2009 by Disney. And then we have Team America World Police. Just a a great double hitter right there. Mm -hmm. Released by Paramount in 2004. Paramount Plus in 2004. Subscribe to Paramount Plus. The Art Garfunkel of streaming services. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, just we're talking. They're, they're we're, movies. We're talking about G Force. You know, guys, there's a lot more in common with these two movies than you might believe going honestly, into this. And I'm gonna tie it all honestly, in. Honestly, G Force has like a lot of like substance to you it. Know what? I just totally forgot about. There's it. lore. There's, there's lore. lore. Also, there's podcast lore. Uh, yeah. Both movies reference Apocalypse Now. Yeah, which is so funny. Yeah. But Very the coincidental. Fact that I expected Team America to do it. Yeah, I did. But G Force. Yeah. Yeah. A G-Force Apocalypse Now reference? Really it just shits pretty. his pants and goes, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. <laughs> the first thing I want to say kids movie. about G-Force mm-hmm. is, and we'll get into why it was created and the idea behind it, which is equally as hilarious as you think, but uh, why was this movie created? Uh, the and Black Eyed Peas had an album. Yeah. <laughs> that was my follow-up was, uh, what was the soundtrack for this movie? So I I'm, I, I told you, I, my, my theory for this is that it's just like one of those like, like Kellogg's owned the rights to both like G Force and the Black Eyed Peas music catalog, and they were just like, "How do we maximize profits? Just take the two things that we own and just like put them together." But like, there, I think that's what happened. There were like a bunch of like weird other songs included yeah. in this movie. But my favorite part though was when it would just like randomly start playing boom, boom, boom. But Gotta like, I like the most boom, random boom, boom, boom. Time it did it like three times in a five minute sequence. <laughs> yeah, ever and played, like, one of them seconds of the song yeah. at a time. One of them was a montage, and then the other two were just like action sequences. Yeah, they were barely, just like they were like, "Let's sequences. go, team!" And then it was just like, "I got a feeling." No, no, no. One of them was not even an action scene. It's when they're trying to escape the um the little cage. Yeah, in the and he pet runs shop in. for the first time. Yeah. And they just like stack into a tower and try to grab the lock. And yeah. just, like the black eyed peas mu- music just and comes right in. And then John right Favreau is like, and Who are stops. you guys? And then and then it turns out they're brothers. And yeah. then Steve Buscemi's a Republican. Yeah. So the the cast of this movie yes. is so insane. You have Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. I read on Wikipedia boom, 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 that he was praised boom, for his performance. No. Why? No, I That's very that. funny because I imagine no. Sam Rocco just like sitting on a chair. It's like the day before his lines are due. Well, and he's like, oh, he shit. He gave us nothing. Well, no, Din. You know how you know how for The Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal admitted that it was like his bedroom voice for The Mandalorian? Yeah. I think it's a similar case for Sam Rockwell. Yeah, he was. I th- don't I think, don't I th- bring him into this. I, th- I think it's fuck me voice. That's yeah. No, no, no. Uh, don't Sam bring Rockwell's him into this. But, and then I think that contrasts with Nicolas Cage's voice. <laughs> Honestly. I don't. Is it Annie Semenik? <laughs> Nick Cage's voice is it? 
Embrace debate, Allie. Embrace debate. Well, actually, when you really think about it, Nicolas Cage's character is a metaphor for the Jews during World War II. Well, hang on. Yeah. So, I, all Do I you not remember the scene? Was, I don't believe it's Nick Cage. Yeah, I no. refuse to you believe it's You can't convince Nick Cage. me that I mean, it's Nick he Cage. He literally gets, his family gets gassed. His family gets gassed by soldiers in masks. And his dad's like, go, my son, go without me. <laughs> that was the weirdest fucking part of the no, movie. The it was like, also what Nick the Cage. fuck is this? It's the system of It is Nick Cage. There's no way it's a different dude. No, it's Nick Cage doing like a deeper pitch of the same voice. Well, because you know they're like, hey, Nick Cage, you want to be in this movie? He was like, oh. No. Uh, sure, but I'm doing whatever voice I want. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Nick Cage care. doesn't say no to any movie. He was in Nicholas Ghost Cage Rider. Had a process for this movie, but yeah, I don't it, think this so. movie goes from like Holocaust references to like Black Eyed Peas sound cues and immediate. It's just, yeah, it's bizarre. And, and breakneck speeds, like yeah. you get whiplash. It had some like Sonic elements with jokes, where it was like this was a, and it wasn't even jokes. It was references. Like this reference doesn't yeah. feel appropriate. A lot for of this weird movie. like racial stereotypes. Yeah, like, like just like weirdly. Yeah. Like, Can we talk about so many the woman who? was in the pet store like yeah, running like, the pet store a woman who i don't think was hispanic just she doing, wasn't like, a really, she's like, not hispanic a real like mariachi voice like yeah just but then not bizarre. doing it some yeah. of the time no, and she only ever would like say like hola and like do a greeting in spanish and then just talk in english and they put like a red like flower to like a side bun and i was like my theory oh. i have a theory for it oh. the dude they cast to play like the pet shop worker was so hot <laughs> and Hispanic that they were like well we already paid this woman he's so hot can you do a Hispanic accent to make it not seem weird but it wasn't it wouldn't have been weird if no. they were just normal people no no I mean no. Eric th- this is the G-Force producers we're talking about yeah. there's probably a lot who, of things going Eric, on who, who produced G-Force good old Jer Bear <laughs> Jerry Bruckheimer so Jerry Bruckheimer is the theme of this podcast, ladies <laughs> yeah, this and gentlemen. Is, I know, I know, this was billed as the double feature podcast. This, this is the Jerry Bruckheimer. This is the Jerry podcast. Bruckheimer. Episode. A movie fit for a man of Jerry Bruckheimer status, mm-hmm. a man who poisoned the well of media <laughs> and film over the course of the two thousands. Most famous I, for making the Amazing Race. Won yes, several Emmys doing that. I mean, amongst like. A lot of other, a lot stuff. of other yeah. stuff. We'll get into it more with Team America. He is the man behind Pearl Harbor. And <laughs> Team America has uh, a whole bit uh, about him. And I'll read it because I have a little uh, podcast reading for everyone out there on the making of both movies. But we'll, we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. One thing I do want to say about G-Force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The plot. And I'm not expecting it to make a what lot plot? of sense. Well, yeah. It made no sense. What do you mean? It made a the lot of sense. The first hour and 15 minutes, the only movie I compare, can compare it to is House of Gucci. Because yeah. in House of yeah. Gucci, the first hour and 15 minutes is them fucking to different music. In G-Force, the Same first thing. hour and 15 minutes is just the first 10 minutes of the movie takes an hour and 15 minutes yeah. to get out of that pet shop. And then they're like, oh shit, we only have like 25 there's minutes left. A scene can we where make like, this whole movie? There, there's literally a scene where it's broad daylight and they're like, the timer's going to run out in 30 minutes, and then it cuts to pitch black dark. <laughs> it's so funny. It's but totally you're right, yeah. Oh, my God. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, the performances are weird, like we said. John Favreau. John Favreau unironically gave the best performance. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Nah, Nicholas, uh, no, Nicholas Steve Buscemi. Cage, Nicholas Steve Cage was doing something. Steve, he had a process. Something, Steve Buscemi yeah. in this movie just playing a Republican <laughs> was, like, really weird. And, like, um, a Canadian Republican. Yeah. Yeah, there was a whole war like, about weird, that. Just, like, weird, like, every single character was just, like, a stereotype. Yes. 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 Can we talk about who was uh, was it Penelope Cruz? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just can we being like the really sexy guinea guinea pig, but also like way too Hispanic. 
okay, but can all we the give other them characters just... were like referring to that the whole movie, which yeah. felt really weird. Like the just guinea pigs calling the sexy guinea pig mamacita is yeah, just like, not cool. Like it's just it's Wait, a weird okay, vibe. I have I have two points. One is that at least they didn't give her like guinea pig boobs. Because <laughs> they could have done that. No, no, no Lola Okay, buddies. but no, um, so they simultaneously like make her like the sexy the sexy lady, mm-hmm. but also like there's a weird bit when she like gets adopted to like escape the pet store and the the scene that takes way too long, and then is like oh my god please don't paint my nails don't put me in a dress and is like trying to be like aggressively like not feminine at all, but then the rest of the movie like everyone acts. That as she's like very very effeminate and, and so like, does she, she had but the, just for that one scene she's like oh my goodness not lipstick and i'm like where what they, like, the duality of man i suppose and they like the duality of sexy lady guinea pigs yes uh but like they do the thing where like it was like written by a man because the the attractive female character just like openly is like I'm playing hard to get. I only like guys oh. who don't like me. Oh yeah, like she was me. like, you see, I, I I only like guys who don't like me. And if you show me you don't like me, I do this. And she wanted this whole thing. I was like, yeah, what yeah, the? yeah. Also, I remember you're that. You're a guinea pig. We haven't talked about <laughs> it, but uh, Tracy Morgan requested to be removed from the IMDb page of this movie, <laughs> Wait, and is not on there. Really? Yeah, all, he's all, not on the IMDb. No, all of page. the main characters. If you go to the IMDb, they're all billed at like the back of the order. Yes, well, like you you have to go all the way through because well, Tracy Morgan <laughs> literally requested to be removed. They Wait. also seem to cut Tracy Morgan's character a lot because <laughs> he has like one scene where it's just him and Penelope Cruz, and other than that, he's just like making jokes in the background. And let's That's not it. forget, speaking of actors requesting to be out, mm-hmm. Will Arnett. Will Arnett. So <laughs> I was about to get to that. Um, Will Arnett quit this movie about halfway through the production, <laughs> as he should. Who? He was a main character in the movie, and they had to cut around him by adding in, and I'm going to have to read this guy's name, Gabriel Cassius, who is Agent Carter, if you don't remember, neither do I, and Jack Conley, who is Agent Tristad. Oh, wait, wait, they're the dudes with the sunglasses, and the one guy has has the the sunglasses flipped up. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like the cookie from from Ned's Declassified. At one point in this movie, I was convinced that Gabriel Cassius was P. Cookie. Um was not. It was not. No. Jack Conley looked like a weird thought child between Josh Brolin and John Cena. I feel like I've seen him in other stuff. I have like, too. I think it's as his eyebrows. Josh Brolin. Yes. I think it's his eyebrows. He like, also has like no, really heavy set eyebrows. So it is part Josh Brolin, but I think it's a mix of him and like Michael Shannon. Yeah, yeah. I totally yeah. see that. Um, he was in Fast and the Furious, the original. Nice. Uh, oh, that sounds he's right. He's in Chicago Fire and 911 Lone Star. Good for him. Um, is he in Yellowstone? Sw- he's in SWAT, which is a, a show made by he's Jair all- Bear. So I was really, going to say, these all oh, sound like it? shows made by Jair um, so really, Bear. And he's also in Westworld. When you need a cop, oh. you get this guy, is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he does kind of have and that, like, so cop He was in face. pretty much every NCIS, which is another... Jerry uh, Bruckheimer so production. Eric, I, I, I think we need to talk more about Jerry Bruckheimer. I I, I, would, I want you to take us down the rabbit hole. Okay. Sh- show us what you got, man. So, first to start, I'm going to do a little reading on the background of G-Force, because <laughs> if you're wondering, how did they end up making a movie about hamsters? Mm-hmm. Cite, cite, okay. cite the ancient text. Eric, they're guinea pigs. Oh, I'm sorry, guinea yeah. pigs. Thank Jeez, you. Thank um, you. This movie, by the way, we haven't said it, was directed by Hoyt H. Yeatman Jr. And this, this is, is the his only movie. The only, only movie, movie he is a very well-renowned um, 
Television director? Is no, VFX. Oh, I VFX. Sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. He is like, he did everything for Disney. Yeah. He worked yeah, on Toy here. Story through everything at Pixar. The CGI in this movie wasn't awful. Yeah, it, it was really it good. It kind of good. So yeah. I will get into it. I'm going to do a little reading here before mm -hmm. I, I want to preface by saying this movie was pitched as CGI models. Yeah. So keep that in mind. I mean, hey, the best part of the movie. <laughs> the, this is directly from Hoyt Yeatman. The, the genesis of the movie is interesting. I'd wanted to develop, to develop a project that broke new ground visually. It was actually my five-year-old son who came up with the spark of the idea. He brought home the class guinea pig from preschool and started talking about guinea pigs as soldiers, wearing uniforms and little army helmets. So I said, well, why not have a band of these guys who are secret agents? We all laughed, continues Yeatman. But then I got on the internet and found some really interesting and bizarre stories about animals being trained by the American government for covert activities, including <laughs> cats, dolphins, sharks, and insects. It just lit up the imagination, and off we went. Out of the mouths of babes, says producer Jerry Barry Bruckheimer. The idea was utterly off the wall, which was just fine with us, because it was also completely original. The amazing thing is that the fantasy element of G-Force is based on certain realities. For years, the government has engaged in top-secret programs in which they train fiction. animals to help defend the nation fiction. from dolphins detecting mines to cockroaches carrying recording devices. <laughs> so, we kicked it to the next level. What if a scientist figured out a way to not only train such animals, but to actually communicate This movie is a real... Condemnation of the military-industrial complex. So, so moral, moral, moral of this story is that if you want your movie to get made in Hollywood, just be someone's son. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> ridiculous. I this is my theory behind the film. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeatman presented it and said, "I want to make a movie. I've been doing all of your VFX stuff for years." And I really just want to make my own movie, and I can make guinea pigs, and this is a really cool 3D model. And Disney mm. went, okay, find me a producer who will do it. And fucking Jerry Bruckheimer was like, I'm in, baby. Sign Jerry, me Jerry, up. Jerry Bruckheimer said, oh, yeah, let's get into it. G-Force. <laughs> but only if Nick Cage is in it. Out of characteristic... Yes. Oh, sorry. Out of character for Jerry Bruckheimer to work, mm -hmm. like, not with Michael Mann. But, yeah. uh, this, or this, Michael Bay. Or Michael Bay. Uh, this seemed He's got a thing for Michaels. He really does. This seemed to work really well for him. Yeah. Um, this movie bombed pretty historically. As it, it should. <laughs> as it should. I just want to point out something too. Like in the beginning of the movie, the entire pitch is that these are genetically modified guinea pigs <laughs> who are super intelligent and super strong, and also but, the mole is Nick Cage's character is also that way. But the real genetic modification. Was, was the, the friends, friends we, we made, made along the way. way? Literally, the plot of because the movie. they're not genetically so modified. They're not genetically and modified. And John Favreau is Sam Rocco's brother, you know. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they were just kind of like eh, close <laughs> enough. <laughs> I mean, so at the end, the mole is revealed to be like responsible for essentially the pen impending end of civilization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he put all well, the he, was, he put the all the microchips in the espresso. Well, machines. he was the mole. Yeah. Underneath the surface yeah, the of that is he is literally he is literally just a mole. Yeah. Um, yeah. He is literally a just a mole. Yeah, he's they a also mole. said that um, guinea pigs share 98.7% of the same DNA with humans. That is not true. <laughs> that is just That's where true. I draw the line, buckos. That is blatantly false. They said a bunch of stuff like that. But I also fiction. want to know, like, whose idea was it to have the guinea pigs fiction. fight kitchen appliances? Like, they fight a coffee maker. Honestly, yeah, I mean, I I mean G-Force was like 10 years ahead of the curve with Alexa. Yeah, no, yeah. so we were talking about that during the movie. Yeah. 
they were like they predicted Alexa, yeah. but as like the impending doom that ended civilization. Yeah. And then we just have it in our kitchen to like yeah. ask what yeah. the recipe G-Force is to make Jerry macaroni Bear's and ahead cheese. Of his time? G-Force literally said all of your appliances will be connected and there will be AI inside of your house and you cannot trust it. We're all like <laughs> guinea pigs. And then at the end of the movie, instead of throwing out all the machines, they just have the mole take the chip out of all of them. Because <laughs> yeah. like, you know, capitalism, we can't throw out this wasted hardware. We have to resell We can't it throw out this wasted hardware that's going to kill all of humanity. We can just fix it. Right? They, like, did, they did the, uh, they, the, kill they did the financial analysis and they figured it would cost less to take all the chips out than to deal with all the lawsuits from well, people being Well, that's why they employed the, the mole yes. to take yeah. out all the chips. You don't have to pay the mole. <laughs> no. Yeah, and, and, and then he was yeah. like, oh, Slave shucks, labor. I yeah. hope they take me back. And it's like, you dude, just you tried to destroy <laughs> wait, 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 wait. the world. With no, a transformer we, made of Can we talk about the, the really, really sped up redemption arc for the mole? Oh, yeah. Because yeah, they yeah. reveal him as the villain, yeah. and they're all like, oh my god, the mole is and the mole. And then Sam Rocco says then in the most like, like, boring voice, we are family. We are family. Sam and he's Rockwell like, said, oh, oh shit, a new page. you're uh, right, I'm sorry, we are let family. me try to I'll undo what I've done, and then goes, oh no, it's too late, and they magically save the day, and then they're like, ah yeah, we're cool. He well, I, went, th- I think he said it a little bit more like, uh, oh no, I'm too late. Yeah, he did, kind of. He went no, from Osama bin Laden to Gal Gadot in record <laughs> speed. In no, record it, 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 took, it took like one conversation. One yeah. conversation. No, so that's what we were talking about. It's literally Nick Cage is sitting there it's and the he's like, I want, can you do the voice again? I want to end the world. Can you say that? I want to end the world. And Sam Rockwell's like, hey man, we're family. We're definitely family. You weren't always like this. Oh my God, we're family. And that's what that's it, I actually done. might be a line from the movie. <laughs> and then that's he's just like, and then he just goes like, Ah, whatever. Okay, cool. Well, I'm hey. just going to stop it. It's well, the hey, same what? scene, too. It's the same scene. They're like, look, he's, one, not dead, and two, the villain, and then he's like, actually, three, we're good. doesn't want to be the villain. Well, hey, yeah. man, I guess, all in all, the mole, he was just a little short-sighted. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, One thing, just want to point out, mm-hmm. I think the mole might have been symbolic for a mole, similar to The Departed, where the rat is symbolic for a rat. Yeah. No, that doesn't Dude, sound right. No. no. You're telling me the end of The Departed, the rat? Yeah, 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 the dead no, rat Dan, Dan, oh, is no, supposed Dan, to no, represent Dan. Matt Damon, the no, dead Dan, rat. No, Dan, I can understand how you would have missed that because it's yeah. very subtle. Yeah, very it's subtle. It's, it's not it, like they freeze it's really, frame on. It's really hard to pick up on. They freeze uh, but frame Dan, on when, a rat? When the CGI rat scurries across the balcony in front of Capitol Hill, that's supposed to represent a rat. And in G-Force, the mole... Mm-hmm. Is supposed is to represent like a mole. Pig. Holy although, shit! Although a mole would imply that someone was controlling him, and the whole movie, you're led to believe that like there's a billionaire behind this. Yeah. And I think the weirdest well, Bill, Bill part, Nye's in this movie. Yeah, it is Bill Nye. They, they I, sort of forgive him at the end. So. I think yeah. the weirdest part is that where like the whole movie, you're like, oh, the billionaire's behind this evil capitalism, and then they're like. Uh, actually, the billionaire's our friend. He doesn't have any idea what's going on. It's really just a mole in his basement. Capitalism friendly. It was the very victims weird. That are dangerous. It felt like they changed that last minute because Disney didn't want to push the envelope, which nah, well, totally Will, checks. Will out. Arnett was going to be the villain, but then they had to scrap all his scenes. Literally, sure. sure. Um, this yeah. movie felt like it went through numerous reshoots. I couldn't find anywhere if it did, but there are scenes that are like perfectly crafted blends of CGI and action. 
action and it actually looks good. No, no, yeah, it looks and then there are that. scenes with a guy on a handheld camera shaking it as he <laughs> oh, walks the, the, down the, the street. Fly, the fly vision? Where the they fly just, vision. Fly cam? Yeah, where they just get a wide angle POV, lens and you're put a fly? the camera right in the POV. actor's face. Now, quick and question, guys. Genuine question. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite fart joke in the movie? Oh, There's a few that I have. Which one of the seven? <laughs> I think there are more I, than seven, but are. we kind of lost the tally. We did. Yeah. We did. There mm-hmm. were so many. There were like I think my five favorite was the Apocalypse the Now one. <laughs> yeah, right. that's a good so one. So that'll tie us in. Both of the movies we watched, G-Force and Team America World Police, have Apocalypse Now references in them, yeah. hearkening back to our podcast. So we're geniuses. It's not like we just sat there yeah. and picked two movies we thought would be funny. <laughs> G-Force funny. <laughs> It's not oh, like we just sat on the couch and scrolled Steve through the no, 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 we're very and smart. Laughed at no, we're very intelligent. John- <laughs> said, guys, guys, we got to do it. John Favreau's John guinea Snow pig. dialogue wheel, Dan? <laughs> John Favreau's guinea pig farts, and then Steve Buscemi's guinea pig comes out of his hut and goes, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. The real impressive no, feat is going to be when no, we tie. I thought it was just John Favreau. No, no, it was Steve Buscemi. No, it, it was. I think yeah. it was John Favreau. I thought it was. Who said it? I'm yeah, sure, yeah, no, I'm pretty yes. sure he yeah, rips one. Yeah, because he's under and then like says the it. like what is it like? Yeah, he's like under the all the wood hay, shavings yeah. or whatever oh, is in there. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. And all the wood shavings like make a cloud around him and fly up, and then he like comes out, and that's his character introduction. This movie and Apocalypse Now. Matt was convinced for less... 15 minutes that they were the same movie, Wait, and I was dude, like, so I don't no, think that's no, going to hold Matt's up. That's right. In my notes, listen, there, there's just a note that I wrote you while took watching notes, this movie. Dan? I did, and it just says in bold letters, G-Force guinea pigs is a metaphor for soldiers in Apocalypse Now who are also guinea pigs for the American government. Like, that's just Damn. in my phone. Yeah. I have, Damn, a note, I have a note from the movie that just says, yippee Kaye, coffee maker. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. There's so many cheesy one-liners in this no, movie. No, yeah. that line right there is why they made Kitchen Appliances the villain. No, yeah. They're I, like, guys, 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 you hear this pun? Some, we, gotta, the, we gotta have one, a one of the writers put that on a whiteboard like a year before he started writing this. And he was like, we gotta tell oh, you. Oh, hey, that'll work. <laughs> Can we work this in to the central plot? Also, like, no, like every scene in this movie is just like a movie reference. Yeah, it is. Like, But like not like a good one. But not yeah, in a no, cute just way. like. Just like we're just gonna do that in a wink, dumb wink. way, and none We've of it makes movies. any sense. But yeah, I, I think this writing. movie fits in perfectly to the Disney stretch of films from 2007 to 2012. What else was made? In Sorcerer's that time? Apprentice, Ooh. another Percy Jackson, another Jerry Bruckheimer, another Jerry Bruckheimer Sorcerer's Apprentice. There Jerry was the B? second National Treasure movie, which is just fucking yeah. terrible. So, how sure. many movies has Jerry Bruckheimer made with Nicolas Cage? I don't. I think it's seven or eight. He's made a hundred and seventeen oh, films. Wow! I did look into it though. By the way, did you know that Nick Cage was working on his uh, mole voice during National Treasure Two? That's pretty funny. Yeah, that he said he would out. do it on set. He was like, Wait, "It's so my he, calming voice." He, he I don't curse when I say it. He practiced it. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "You see, I've lot." He's like, "I have a lot of different voices, and when I use this one, I don't curse because it's a octave higher." Better. Nicholas Cage said, "I am a goth." Better Disney movie. G-Force or Tomorrowland? You uh, have the G-Force. floor. Well, I've never seen Tomorrowland. Good. You're Honestly, lucky. so. Yeah, I, I'll have I, to I, just I, go I saw G-Force. Tomorrowland once, and it was just boring. Yeah. G-Force gives me some sort of emotion. Yeah. No, Tomorrowland is just there. Yeah. But, Brad, uh, Brad Bird, weird take. Yeah. yeah. Weird take on a ride. I love when Disney makes movies about rides. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, Pirates of the Caribbean's a masterpiece. Jungle Cruise was fine. Jungle Cruise was fine. Jungle yeah. Cruise was fine. It was. Sure. It was good, good enough yeah. to watch. Escape from Witch Mountain was not fine. Sure. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, it's been a long time for that one. Jerry. Everything comes back to Jerry Bruckheimer but somehow. So let's, we, I, let's, I want, let's talk a little yeah. more about Jerry Bruckheimer so, the man. We've tried a couple I, times. I, I'm sorry. I want to talk about Jerry Bruckheimer. So Jerry B. 
Jerry Bruckheimer produced some of my favorite movies ever, mm-hmm. including Top Gun, mm-hmm. Crimson Tide, mm-hmm. National Treasure, mm-hmm. unironic, Bad Boys, mm-hmm. the Pirates of the Caribbean series, mm-hmm. and Black Hawk Down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got the uh, he's his production company's the logo where like it goes down the road and then stops yes. on a tree and then yes. the lightning strike hits the oh. tree. Yeah, yeah, it's like it. You all know the one. Uh-huh. So, Jerry Bruckheimer, as a producer, I have a theory. All of his movies that were early in his career, Thief, Beverly Hills Cop, oh, he did do <laughs> Top Gun, Days of Thunder, <laughs> all the way up to Bad Boys in 1995, are pretty diverse. Like, Bad he's doing some comedy. Life. He's doing some other stuff. After Crimson Tide, he makes The Rock with the goat Michael Bay in and 1996. The Rock. It does not have The Rock in it. It does no? have Sean Connery and Dude, Nick Cage. Dude, The Rock slaps, though. After that film, he makes Con Air, disaster movie. Armageddon, disaster movie. Then he makes Enemy of the State. And Enemy of the State was groundbreaking because it was a disaster movie through the scope of one central character who was not, more or less, he was an ordinary guy. It, it wasn't like the world was ending and New York was imploding. It was a slow burn. And after that movie, Gone in 60 Seconds, Pearl Harbor, the worst movie ever made, Kangaroo Jack, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, King Arthur, National Treasure. They're all kind of disaster movies. And in a way, Bruckheimer like adapted the disaster movie format to the popular movie, the blockbuster movie, and you see it still today. I mean, Disney did it with Marvel. All of their movies are disaster movies except the first Iron Man, maybe the second Iron Man. Not in a bad way. It's just a lot of the blockbuster movies kind of took yeah. after that mold, and I think it's really interesting. He himself, yeah. in a way, shaped cinema for big-budget movies. He's been quoted saying many times, the plot doesn't make a movie, the stars make a movie, which implies that all he wants to do is make money. So, Jerry Bruckheimer, controversial figure, definitely made some legendary films. One film that made fun of Jerry Bruckheimer intentionally was Team America World Police. Team America World Police. That was a great segue right there. Thank mm-hmm. you. I'm yeah. pretty proud of it. Much uh, like G-Force before it. Team uh, America World Police was literally made to troll Jerry Bruckheimer and all of his films. If you're wondering how Team America World Police came to be, Team America World Police found its origins in Trey Parker, Matt Stone, South Park mm-hmm. creators. Yeah. And all they really wanted to do was make a funny movie with marionettes. Yeah, they said puppets will be fun. They That'll be easy. Did not realize the scope that that would entail. I don't hard. understand that. I don't understand how you assume marionette puppets are going to be easy to work with. Because they made a whole cartoon with cardboard cutouts. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's you don't have to pull the strings to yeah. control their bodies. Yeah. They realized quickly they didn't know anybody who could operate marionettes. Yeah. I, I do want to talk about the movie first before we get into the production. Yeah. A perfect satire. Um, I don't yeah. think satire is done well in modern times. I don't think we've seen a good satire in a while that is as out front and open about it. This as is this. like the best post America nine eleven satire. Yes. Like it's yeah. it's unironically done so well. This, yeah, because the, it, it what it does is that it devotes itself to the medium and the form that it's trying to parody. Like it goes all yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it goes yeah. all in. Yeah. Dude, the it film does, opens so in well. Paris and the Ameri- Team America comes in and just blows up all of Paris. Like the the Al-Qaeda character is running into the Louvre with a bomb, mm-hmm. and their solution for that is to blow up the Louvre with yeah. bombs. We yeah. did yeah. a patch like, We did it. We killed the terrorists. Also, they, they never refer to them as Al-Qaeda or anything. They no, they don't. They just call them the terrorists. The terrorists, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, 
there's some very interesting translations for what the terrorists are mm-hmm. saying. Mainly no, for everybody. Durka yeah. Durka Muhammad Jihad yeah. over and over and over, over, and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Durka, no, anybody Muhammad who doesn't Jihad. speak English yeah. doesn't get actual like language. No, yeah. They don't. In because the they're beginning, not American. Yes. Yeah. yeah. King Jong-il is also in this movie. Yeah. yeah. And in the beginning, he shoots the translator in the back of the head, and then they just do the um shitty, shitty... Uh, like the Chinese accent. Why can't I? Like shitty chicken guy from, from South Park. It's just that voice. Oh, yeah. 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 Hurrah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that guy. Yeah. And it's like, like, oh, shit. Yeah, but again, like, it's good satire because it's working from the perspective of those that they are trying to satirize. Yes. And it's also not it's doing the south park thing where they're yeah. not just making fun of the terrorists or the north koreans they're making fun of the americans hardest of all yeah yeah, yeah. like the americans are the joke of the movie it, we yes. are the joke oh, of the yeah. movie which is what makes it resonate so hard and he even goes they go after hollywood they go after Dude, everyone the hollywood actors like my favorite bit the film, the film actors, actors guild. guild the film yeah. actors guild we will I'm not Alec say Baldwin. <laughs> like matt yeah. Damon. The Matt like, Damon bit where he just goes, Matt Dude, Damon. I love, I love how much Sean Penn hated this movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, he Matt, was like, why don't you come down Matt to Matt Damon, a... George Clooney, Alec Baldwin, they were all like, yeah, that's fucking hilarious. Sean Penn's like, he wrote like a letter, yeah. like a personal like letter to them saying, fuck you guys. He tried to sue them for his likeness in the film. <laughs> yeah. How though? It's satire. Exactly. So he can't, he doesn't <laughs> understand parody law yeah, at all. Uh, it, it's great because dang. it's, I, I think the, the best types of satire are the satire that come from the perspective of making it rather than the perspective of what's the final product yes you know it's not a satire of you know the types of movies that we see or the form or anything it's 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 a satire of the people making those movies and those attitudes and those perspectives and that's what makes it such an interesting mm-hmm. satire so pam brady was brought on to work the script for this film we, we love pam brady pam brady house. is wonderful pam brady also hates jerry bruckheimer yeah and in the making of this, said so multiple times and wanted to troll the movies that he made. Mm-hmm. I just want to read a little bit about the development of yeah. this film. Pam Brady, also the legend that wrote Hot Rod, best comedy of all time. Oh my God, yes. she wrote Hot Rod? Yeah, yeah, she wrote Hot Rod. Yeah, she's, yeah. One, she's amazing. She's comedy one the, legend. Yeah, comedy she's one legend. Of the head South Park writers, too. With, yeah, uh, yeah, I know she did Park South Park. I, I didn't know she did Hot Rod. So yeah. they were basically like, we're not making this movie without Pam Brady. She's the one that actually takes all of our stupid thoughts and makes them into scripts. Yeah. And uh, oh, that's sick. the that's origins sick. of this film, Parker and Stone were high. Naturally. Just really? You know, Wikipedia told me that. I didn't yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, I was, um, I was there. I was uh, there. Um, they were watching Thunderbirds on television, and they asked mm-hmm. if they could make uh, a movie, like a Thunderbirds, a Thunderbirds movie, movie yeah. with marionettes, and they said that they were already adapting Thunderbirds into a film. And that film turned out to somehow be The Day After Tomorrow. So those oh. those guys got the the script for Day After Tomorrow before it came out and said we want this is the stupidest movie we've ever read. They said it was hilarious and insane. Parker recalled Stone running up to him during the South South Park work, holding the paper and sat down and read the synopsis saying sudden global warming attacking the earth and the two were in tears from laughing. So they wanted to make it a parody of Day After Tomorrow, which yeah. they eventually did on South Park, the episode The Day After, The Day After Tomorrow, which is what they wanted to call this movie. They had to pivot to something else, which is when they brought Pam Brady in to work on the script. And mm-hmm. all of them were sitting down, and this was right when the news broke of the Iraq War in 2003. And they just were watching all the celebrities going on TV, talking about the war and how bad it was. The and they were like, of their time. we really want to like fact check these guys. They said, Stone said, what we wanted to do 
was send up of these super important huge action movies that Jerry Bruckheimer makes. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to essentially troll Jerry Bruckheimer and troll Hollywood at the same time. And troll America. And troll America, and in the process, trolled Osama bin Laden and King Jong-il. These guys have absolutely no chill. You know, two days after the movie premiered, they sent a copy to the North Korean government? No, no, no word, no word on, no word on, on how no, they liked funny, it. Because Kim Jong Il was like supposedly a major cinephile, yeah. so he probably watched. This movie it. took a year and two months to film. What's unique about this movie is they filmed every single day during that time, except yeah. three or four days on weekends yeah. when they. Because I think they're, I'm sure the vision in their head was just much like shittier. Yeah, well, they thought they were going to be able to show up and just have marionettes made for what they wanted. They didn't realize that they have to get people to operate them, sometimes three to four people did for they not, each marionette Did puppet. they not know what marionettes were? No, they really didn't, because they were just watching Thunderbirds and were high as shit. They were, were just like, like we that, do that looks funny, yeah. I, I mean, the well, they're whole... Very, they're super intricate puppets. The fact that all of this was going on, and we still got this movie, which honestly looks pretty good. Yeah, no. For Bill, a marionette movie, some of the set pieces are solid. Bill and Pope was the director of photography. He shot all three of the Matrix movies, came out of those, and was like, I want to do something different. This and is then, different. And then did Team America. He's also Edgar Wright's cinematographer now, which is fun. It's wild, man. Yeah. And, like, the set is cool. They have yeah. all these explosions that seem real. Again, the funniest yeah. gag in the movie is they go to France to save them and blow up everything. They go oh. to Egypt to stop the terrorists and literally blow up yeah. every monument they yeah. can. Ali, Ali pointed out that in the, Fran- in the French set, the, the little tile pavement. Uh, they're croissants. They're croissants. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. I did. So, so when funny. he proposes to Lisa yeah. and then he drops the ring because he gets shot, I was like, Matt, those are croissants on the ground. The stones are <laughs> croissants they were. on the ground. They it's were. so funny. When that scene happens, that was the first time in the movie where I'm like, oh, they're just going to use South Park voices because as that character <laughs> who I don't remember is dying because he's in two minutes of the film, he just goes, babe. I don't think I'm gonna make it. And I'm just like, oh my god, they're using the South Park yeah, voice. There's, there's only like 14 voice actors credited I know. in the movie. They and have like Trey Parker characters. is most of them. That's how the show goes too, though. Yeah. Like he does most of the voices. Yeah. Like that's that's what I'm I'm sure they imagine thinking like doing puppets. Because the South Park like ideology is just like it can look like shit, it's fine, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's all about the content yeah. and the satire, like they, which they, is why they, the satire is good. The turnaround on their the episodes point. is pretty pretty quick. A week, yeah. not even sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, like, if it's an election episode, they'll do it Tuesday to Wednesday and have yeah, it ready, exactly. which is wild. But this movie's hilarious. The scene where he's throwing up in the alley, and you're like, <laughs> I think this is going to end, and then it keeps going, but yeah. the vomit looks so no. real that it no. literally is disgusting. No. Yeah. It's just, no. it's such a great time capsule of, like, Early mid two thousands culture, uh, a parody of early to mid two thousands culture. It's just it's it's so specifically in that time, and I love it. The favorite song from the movie, everyone. What's your favorite song from the movie? Because oh. that is the the key to Trey Parker and Matt Stone is they actually yeah. write good music. <laughs> Shout out mm. Book of Mormon. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean it's gotta be uh, America. Yeah, that, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. That's Dan's vote. I, I expected that. That's a classic one. Well, I think also I know. Have to realize I didn't rewatch the movie before this one. That's and That's fair. the only song I remember. That's fair. I think I know. Eric is definitely gonna be between two. What am I two? Your two are either "I'm So Lonely" by Kim Jong Il or the uh, Pearl Harbor song. No, it's neither of those. Really? Oh, yeah. I actually remember. The so Pearl Harbor song. just real quick <laughs> about the Pearl Harbor song. <laughs> they make fun of the movie Pearl Harbor, and make fun of Ben Affleck. 
yeah. and make fun of three other Jerry Bruckheimer movies. Yeah. So it's very clear who they're making fun of in that. Yeah, no, it's it's. It, and yes, never really been not on the nose about who they're making no, fun of. They're, they're really not. But Pearl Harbor is the worst movie ever made. Yeah. So yeah, that was, um, a, my, that was a big dad movie. My dad has the like the collector's edition DVD set of that. It's so Why? bad. They said when they were making this film, they wanted to recreate those close-up shots of like intimate moments where yeah. it's just the two faces kissing each other, the but pup- doing it with marionettes made it so ridiculous that they were like, "This is perfect." The puppet sex. The Ugh. puppet sex, dude. So. Yeah. The puppet sex for this movie. Wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. We forgot the songs. Oh, sorry. The songs. <laughs> we're, we're jumping all over the place. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Pearl Harbor song. I think that one's so funny. Or the country song. So, mine's Freedom Isn't Free. Yeah. The country Freedom song. Yeah, that's that is one. my favorite. The, the, the camcorder montage. Yes. That's my... Yeah, dude, that was so funny. And it's just like the puppet in actual locations. Yeah. Yes. Like, not sets. No. It's it's him in front of a projector or like a screen no, of I some kind. No, I think they kind. actually took him No, there. they actually took him 100%. It looks... Interesting. It, it looks like no they just way. took like a camcorder. And they, they just might. like went out and did it. Because they... Like a lot of it's... Like there's a lot of movement. Like I don't... I think it was much easier, much cheaper to just do that than try and do some kind of projector thing. Okay. What's your favorite song, Ellie? Oh, I don't think I remember them all that well. I, I'm going gonna, gonna to go with uh, I Miss You More Than Pearl Harbor Missed the Point. <laughs> <laughs> I really like um, the montage song, too. Yeah, montage, yeah. Oh, it, the montage one was really yeah. funny. Do a montage. And then they talk about doing like the fade out the fade to make it seem like more time has passed. I like that one a lot. I don't yeah. know if it's my favorite, but that one was a good one. Um, Trey Parker and Matt Stoner genius. I also like mm-hmm. the slow version of like the uh, the America theme song. When yeah, they we do were it, like, sad. Really well. sad. I think that one might be my favorite one. <laughs> sad America fuck yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, this movie is <laughs> hilarious. I, again, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, like, I love South Park. Mm-hmm. It shaped me as the person I am and my personality in some ways more than others. But this movie too, and Book of Mormon, and everything they make has the same tone, but everything accomplishes different things, and it's very cool to see. And they do it super mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Oh, the marionette sex. Oh, marionette uh, sex. Yeah, so sex. this movie got an NC-17 rating, and they told them if they cut the marionette sex scene, they would get an R rating, which they did. And then used cunt and the Film Actors Guild as a shortened abbreviation. You can figure that out for yourself. And got an NC-17 rating anyway. <laughs> so they said, we're going to go back and refilm a longer marionette sex scene where they 69. <laughs> and it so is long. incredible. And you can tell they were copying Bruckheimer again because it's the Top Gun sex scene. Yeah. It's lit the same as that scene. Yeah. It's got a very similar song in the background. Yeah, Again, like the craftsmanship like in all the like production departments of this film are like top notch. Like yes. it look it looks great. All the marionettes look great. Like the sets look great. Oh, yeah. Like before the the puppet sex scene when they're on the balcony talking and it's like the sun is like setting the and they're, yeah. they're like Mount in Rushmore. Mount Rushmore and it's like, like this like nice like sunset like orange light on them. I was like, why do they like go so hard with like, yes. making it look this way? Yeah, they went really hard on this Yo, movie because it Bill looks Pope like it looks like like I don't need, I don't know what to call it like, real life movies, but like it looks like other movies that are seriously made in that genre. Yeah, and like aren't being satire or taking themselves seriously. Like that's how they look. Also, the underlying theme of and remember this movie. Is made in 2004 of like needing to sleep with Hollywood people to get a job. Like the yeah. film opens with the main character, like, yeah. well, I guess you're gonna have to get in that car and I'm gonna have to suck your dick. And he's like, I work for the government, you won't have to do that. And then at the end of the movie, they yeah. make a blowjob pact, which yeah. is just so funny. Yeah. Like, and they honestly, tell everybody too. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, this movie like does a lot of that where it's ahead of a lot of the commentary. Like, not like before it was wrong to 
like not before these things like were n- known about. No, everyone before, knew. Yeah, but before people started talking about. Yes, them. they were outspoken. Like I don't care who I piss off. In this movie, yeah. we make fun of all the things that are wrong. Not yeah. some of the things that are wrong yeah. and pick and choose. We make fun of yeah. all the things we come across that Especially are wrong. Like and that's things... why their satire is great. Because yeah. even if it's a point of view that they hold, they're okay challenging it. Yeah. And I feel like that happened throughout this film because halfway through, when all the celebrities are like, America's the bad guy, it takes a tonal shift from like Team America being like evil to Team America literally needing to be the world police for everyone else. They have to yeah. stop the event from happening at the end, which is a commentary on the rest of the world. Like, America yeah. shouldn't be doing this, but if they weren't, where would we be? Dude, the scene where Kim Jong-il's like, and what would you do if you did find weapons of mass destruction? <laughs> and the guy from the UN's like, well, we'd be very angry, and we'd write you a letter telling you how <laughs> angry we were with you. Peak and then he feeds him to the sharks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's, there's actually an instance, and this is kind of off topic, but on topic. I was watching this video on Coney 2012. The, <laughs> the UN officer in charge of that case, his idea to catch Coney was to send Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie into the jungle and have them coerce him into coming to dinner and then murder him. He also tried to get George Clooney to use his private satellite he uses to spy on Assange to uh, spy on Joseph Coney. George Clooney has a private satellite? Yeah, look it up. What? George Clooney owns a satellite that he uses to spy on Saudi Arabia. Why? Because um, he has a lot of money. And the UN, like, he basically gives them the information from the satellite. And oh. this guy was, like, calling celebrities only and, like, how do we catch Coney? And this movie felt like that almost. What? Like, yeah. And that happened even later. Yeah, it's, like, the weird, like, it's the weird cycle of, like, celebrities only have power because of the people that feed into them. But then, like, it flips around and people actually start believing that they have that power. Yes. It, it, it's so weird. And at the end of the day, they were all played by King Jong-il. So, like, the politicians were in control the whole time. It It's an interesting layered film, and then the other 50% of it is, like, dick jokes. Yeah. Like That's kind of what, like, good satire is. It is, because yeah. it's got to both be impactful and funny, and they had all the experience from doing it with with South Park, and they did it here, and they did it perfectly. Like, yeah. I have no qualms with this movie. I, I was kind of worried about watching it being, like, Will it still be culturally relevant and funny now that we're 15, 16 years removed from this? And yeah. sadly, it is. Yeah. Yeah, most of it still holds up, like, yeah, pretty well. Um, The Durka Durka stand and, like, the Osama bin Laden's just wearing, like, a fur hat yeah. the entire time. Just all of that shit. Like, they could have been killed. Yeah. And they just weren't. Like, these guys have brass balls. Yeah. Yeah. They're no, uh, yeah. they're no James Franco, Seth Rogen, you know. No, that, I mean, if you watch that movie after watching this, that's some some weak shit. Don't yeah, <laughs> that movie's literally just like you know. I think Kim Jong Un might not be a good guy. Yeah, that's a hot take, man. Uh, Eminem is gay on our show. Is all Eminem time, is gay on our okay, show? Okay, no, that's a that's all time. That's yeah. all time. Yeah. you can't beat that. <laughs> uh, well, guys, we came here. We talked about G Force. We talked about Team America. We talked about Jerry Bear. And honestly, that was all planned. Yeah, honestly, like we I went into this movie not knowing any of that stuff about Jerry Bruckheimer yeah. and came out of it like, holy shit, the central theme of this podcast. I did not think we were going to find a theme between these two movies, and it was somehow <laughs> Jerry Bruckheimer. I, dude, I don't know how that road took me I thought the theme was going to be like, you know, the G4 skinny pigs are 
like Team America, but yeah. guinea pigs. <laughs> but Jerry, Jerry Bruckheimer and the military imperialist state. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, literally, <laughs> actually, yeah. And uh, there's a few stray shots at Pearl Harbor, Michael uh, Bay, and uh, Ben Affleck in this movie. Dude, I love yeah. that movie so much. It's so bad. What? It's, uh, Pearl Harbor. Yeah, uh, it's just like the worst movie yeah, ever. Yeah, it's such a bad movie. Maybe we'll do remember a Pearl that Harbor scene where, like, after Pearl Harbor, <laughs> I, it, this one's I always remember this one after Pearl Harbor, and like Ben Affleck runs out and he's like, I think they just started World War Two, as if World War Two has him going on. Yes, for like five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they they just started World War Two. You mean like with America? Nah, like with everyone. I mean, does Poland really count? What about France? Nah. Nah. They're poor countries. Well, guys, I don't know if I'd say we're all better people after this, but we we sure are different after that. We watched G-Force. We yeah. watched G-Force. And honestly, I had a great time. Mm-hmm. Except mm-hmm. the gassing scene. Yeah, ex- <laughs> yeah. That that one yeah. that one hit that yeah. one hit a little too hard, yeah. Disney. Yeah. The Did G the G Force come and see double feature. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Would uh Disney ever do that again? Uh, uh please Disney make more G forces. Like yeah. I need I need no. bad B movies, no. please. No, that's not a B movie. No, I missed the error of like just bad yeah. B yeah, movies. Yeah, but G Force isn't I'm, a B movie. I am sure that we will uh we, like we, I'm D-. sure we'll hit more Disney Channel original movies. At some point on this uh, on this podcast, they're coming. They're they're not <gasps> as plentiful anymore. They don't really do it. Yeah. But uh, you know, hopefully, some of their newer films will branch out into some more risky ventures. One can hope. Well, guys, thanks for listening. We've been good soup. I'm Matt. We've been good soup. We still are good soup. We're never well, boys, it's soup. over. It was fun while it lasted. I'm Matt. I'm Allie. I'm Eric. There's no one else to be. I guess I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> and we, will... we love the smell of napalm in the morning. Yes, and we love G-Force, and we love Team America, and most of all, we love Jerry Bruckheimer. Mm-hmm. Jerry Ab- B. Jerry B. Jerry Bear. You piece of shit. Good soup. Fuck you, Jerry. Good soup. Good soup. Baggy sweats in the box with the straps. She turned around and gave the giant ass a stab. Shawty went and hit the floor